Thanks for joining us at the Vine Church. We are one church with two locations reaching around the world with our online service. We exist to connect the world to Jesus Christ. And you can partner with us in that by sharing this video or by clicking the Give link below. For now, prepare your hearts for incredible worship and an inspiring message.
Well, how are you, church? Good. It's good to see you. It's great to be with you this morning. For those of you who haven't yet had the privilege of meeting, my name is Andrew Irwin, and I get to be one of the pastors here. And I'm really excited that I get to be with you this morning as we wrap up our message series called Breathing Room. And if you're just joining us this morning, I want to kind of quickly catch you up. What we've been talking about in this series is the fact that a lot of Americans today do not have any margin for their money, but God's intention for all of his children, for all of us, is to find some breathing room for our finances. And so in this series, we've talked about a couple of ways that we can begin to develop that kind of breathing room. And the first thing that we talked about is how we can learn to spend less. And in that first message, we talked about how there's a couple characteristics or values that we need to have. And the first of those characteristics or values is that we've got to have self-control. And not only do we have to have self-control, we also have to be willing to sacrifice. And finally, we got to have some strategy for our money. We got to have some strategy. And you know what we call a strategy for our money? A budget. That's what somebody was paying attention. Woo! Man, that's good. And so after we talked about spending less, then we talked about how we can save more. We actually gave you three categories of things that you need to be saving for. The first category is emergencies, right? And then after that, we talked about how you need to be saving for things that you want and even things that you will need. And so, so far in the series, you probably go, okay, so they've talked about how you should spend less and save more. I already knew that. Okay. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about the, the number one most important thing you can do with your finances. And that is giving. That's, that's normally where I get amens and people shout. I mean, normally when you tell people you're going to talk about giving, people are fired up. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. That was weird because at, at once there was like an entire section back there that, that sort of looked down. It was weird how, how that all of a sudden starts happening. Listen, before you get too antsy this morning, I just want you to hear this there won't be another offering. So I hope that maybe that is liberating for you. You are good this morning. And I wanna reiterate this morning that the reason we're talking about money is not because the church is after your money. The reason we're talking about money this morning is because Jesus talked about money a lot. In fact, Jesus talked more about money and possessions than he talked about heaven and hell combined. And it wasn't because Jesus was after people's money. The reason Jesus talked about money and possessions is because he's, he understood very clearly that there is an intimate intertwining between our faith and our finances. In fact, Jesus, who was the master communicator, decided that when he was preaching the most important sermon of all time, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. It occupies Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. When he was preaching that, that he was going to pause right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, the most important sermon of all time. And this is what he was going to say. Listen to Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And here's the thing that breaks my heart. So many Americans today are content to spend all of their money on earth when Jesus has issued all of us an invitation to store up treasure for eternity. Listen, listen, you can spend all of your money on earthly things and you can enjoy them while you're on this planet or you can make a decision to invest in things that you will be able to enjoy for all time. And that's my prayer for you. 
That's why we're going to talk about giving this morning. Now, I recognize that for a lot of you, you're like, mm, this, this is going to be super fun this morning. Okay, listen, I just want you to stick with me this morning. If you're, if you're the kind of person that gets a little uncomfortable talking about money in church, just know this, that I'm going to start with some advice that I wished I had received before I ever started attending church. And the advice that I wish I had gotten was this. There is a big difference between tipping and tithing. There's a big difference. And here's how I learned that difference. When I was 15 years old, I got my first job. It was bagging groceries at Kroger. It was awesome. I mean, just absolutely epic. Now, the reason I started working at Kroger is because it was within walking distance of my house, right? That was a priority for me because I couldn't drive at that point. And they would hire me. That was pretty much all I was looking for, right? Like I just needed to be able to get there and I needed them to be willing to hire me. And here's the crazy thing. You know what? They hired me and they paid me so much money. It was incredible. I was making $5.15 every single hour I got to be there. Can you believe that? It was amazing. And then not only that, not only did they pay me every hour, sometimes I would take people's groceries to their cars and I would help them load it in the back of their vehicle. And you know what they would do? They would give me a tip. It was bonus money. Like money I didn't expect to get, I got, and I thought it was awesome. I thought those people who gave me those tips were the most generous people on the face of the planet. And it's interesting to note that like shortly after I started working at Kroger, it was when my family received an invitation to check out a church. And so I remember when we first started going to church, I didn't have a clue what was happening in worship. I didn't know anything that was going on. I just knew that at one point in the service, these men would stand up and they would walk in from the back of the room and they would be carrying these super fancy plates. And then they would take these plates that had gold rims and they would pass them up and down the aisles, right? And all I could think the whole time those plates were being passed was, I bet I could throw that thing so far. <laughs> like, like, it looked like a perfect like Frisbee to me. Like, I thought I could throw that thing a mile and it would just spin like that. I, I just... I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And so I would watch people in other rows because my whole family was like, we don't know what's happening. We would, I would watch people in other rows and people would be dropping some money on the plate. And I was like, okay, put some money in there. And so you know what I would do? I go, you know what? I got some bonus money this week at my job. I'll share some of my bonus money here at the church because I'm generous. And so I would drop the, a few bucks in the plate and I would think to myself, man, tithing feels good. Here's the thing I wish somebody had told me. Tipping is very different than tithing. And if you've never heard that before, what I want to do for you this morning is what I wish someone had done for me and tell me really what a tithe actually is. And so that's where we're going to start this morning. We're going to talk about what a tithe is. And so the word tithe actually comes from a Hebrew word, right? It's this word ma'asir. Can you say that with me? Ma'asir. Now, if you really want to get it, you got to get some phlegm in the ma. It's like a ma'asir. If you, that was good. If you actually, if you spit on the back of the head and for the person in front of you, then you've probably done it right. Okay. Right? Like that's, that's how you know you've really gotten there with the phlegm factor. And so ma'asir literally means a tenth. It just, it means a tenth or 10%. And so when you think of tithing, tithing literally means returning 10% of what you receive from the Lord back to the Lord. That, that's what tithing is. First 10% you receive, you return it to 
the Lord. And the scriptures actually like speak of tithing in a whole bunch of different places. And we're going to hit, hit a few of them this morning. And the first one we're going to look at is Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. All right. This is what Leviticus 27 says. It says, every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. All right, so I want to hit two things from this passage that I think are really important, like very significant. The first thing is we actually can't give anything to God, right? Like we can't. All we can do is return some of what God has given to us back to him, right? Like, for example, like recently I was at the mall with my daughter and she wanted a drink. And so I gave her a 20 and she went and she got a drink and then she came back to me and she was like, do I have to give you the change? And I was like, yes, you have to give it to me, but you're really not giving it. You're returning what I gave you five minutes ago, right? Like she wasn't giving me anything. She was giving me a very small portion back of what I had given her. You know how that works, right? The same thing is true of God. When we return 10% of what he's given to us, we're not giving him anything. We're actually just returning some of it. And the reason we would want to return some of it is actually found in that scripture. It tells us, that it is holy to the Lord. Now, I recognize that holy probably doesn't mean a whole lot in our culture today. Like most of you, the only time you hear the word holy, it's followed by an expletive, okay, right? Listen, that was not the original intent of the word holy. It wasn't. The word holy actually means set apart, or it implies that something has a specific purpose in mind, right? So here's what that tells us. When we return part of what God has given to us back to God, he already has a plan for it. And it's not just any plan. It's a holy plan. It's a set apart plan. And you know what it is? It's how God wants to bring heaven to earth. God's got a plan for every every dollar we return to him because it is holy or set apart to him. Now, I... I recognize that some of you, you're like, okay, tithing, I'm not sure I'm tracking with you because maybe you're a visual learner. Okay, that's fine. If you are visual, I will try to put this in visual terms for you. Can I get a student to come volunteer for me? Right here, come on, let's go. Brady, make your way on up. That was awesome. Give it up for Brady this morning. Woo, up top. That's awesome. All right, so here's here's what I wanna assume. Let's assume this morning that you have done a great job for me. Like I hired you to do a job. And so you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pay you $10. I got 10 $1 bills here. Can you hold that for me? Okay. So now you have been participating in this breathing room series. So you know how to handle your money, right? So when God, when God gives you something, what is the first thing you do with it? How how much of it? Right. Called the tie. That's right. Okay. So can I, can I see $1 please? Now, in this series, we have talked about the significance of spending less and saving more, right? Spending less and saving more. So what do you think you should maybe do with the next dollar in there? Save it. Save it. Dude, you should run for Congress. I would vote for you. Okay. All right. Are you with me? Are you with me? Okay. All right. So can I I have this back? So what that means is your first dollar is your tithe and your second dollar will be your savings and you could spend the rest, right? Now, here's the crazy thing, right? Most of us go, okay, that's a cute little illustration, right? Like I get the $1 bill. Okay, that's fine. But what, what makes us uncomfortable is when we start talking about more money. Did you know that this illustration works whether you have $1 bills or if you have $100 bills, right? 
Can you hold this for me? Let's say you did a job for me. You did a job and I paid you $1,000. Here you go. Don't run away with that or I will tackle you, okay? Okay. So let's say you did a job. You've earned $1,000. How's it feel? How do you feel right now? You got $1,000 in your hands. Feel good? Feel like running. Feel like running. I'm not all that strong, but I'm pretty fast, okay? I'm just telling you right now, I will track you down, okay? Now, here, here's what you need to know. You've gotten $1,000. What, what, based on the principles we've been talking about, are you supposed to do with that? Okay, who's this to? God. God, all right, so you're turning the first 10% to God, and then you're gonna save the second 10%, and what are you gonna do with the rest? What are you gonna do with the rest? Spend it. You're gonna spend it, okay? Are you tracking with me this morning? All right, can you give that all back to me so I don't, I don't, it's all that second hand. All right, thank you very much for participating. That was awesome. Give it up for Brady. Now, the reason we broke out the $100 bills is because a lot of people tell me all the time that, you know what? It's just hard for me to tithe because I, I make so much money. And you know what my standard response to that is? I will, happily tithe, I will happily pray for you to make less money. Like if that would help you, because like I'm, I'm here for your spiritual well-being. And so if you think it would be helpful to make less money so that you don't have to tithe as much, I'm with you. Just tell, find me after the service. We will pray together for the Lord to send you a job where you make less, okay? But here's, here's the thing that I want you to pay attention to this morning. There's a lot of you in the room right now who are going, this is kind of a bummer. Like you, you don't like the idea of having to return part of what God has given you back to God. Like it just doesn't feel good. And that's why I wanna just provide a little bit of encouragement for you today, right? Here's the encouragement. When you are faithful to return to God your first and your best, God will be faithful to bless the rest. And we see that in Proverbs chapter three, verses nine and 10. Listen, listen to what it says. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Translation, when you are faithful to return to God, the first 10% of what he's given to you, he will provide everything you need and plenty of what you want. That's what this verse tells us, which is a pretty remarkable thing. It's as, if, it's as if God is saying, hey, if you will tithe to me, then I will take care of you. And to be honest with you, I think the number one reason why I really like teaching on tithing is not because I like talking about money because I actually don't. What I do like talking about a whole lot is putting God first in your life. And do you know what tithing teaches you? To put God first in your life. Did you know that my desire for each and every one of you is for every aspect of your life for you to go, get up, God's first in that aspect of my life. My prayer is that every morning when you wake up, the first thing you think about is God. My, my prayer is that the first time you allot in your day is spent reading scripture and praying to God or maybe praising and worshiping God. Like that, that's my prayer for you, that you would put God first in your day. My, my prayer is that you would put God first in your marriage. Like that you would, as a couple, say, you know what? We are going to live our lives in such a way that the world sees God through us. Like that's my prayer for you. In fact, do you know what prayer I pray over my daughters? My prayer for my daughters is that they would grow up to one day find a man who loves God more than he loves them. 
Because if you are in your relationship and you commit to a husband and a wife loving God with their whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know what you have a recipe for? A beautiful lifetime of marriage. I want you to put God first, not just in your marriage. I want you to put God first in your parenting. I talk to parents all the time. You're like, I don't know how to like connect my, my faith to, with my kids. Listen, here's what you do. You have a devotion time with your kids. And people look at me and they're like, oh, I'm sure you've got like, you just write your own devotions for your kids, don't you? I'm like, no, I don't write my own devotions for my kids. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I've got this whole thing figured out. Listen, listen. Do you know what my devotion time with my kids looks like? It's really, really simple. We read a passage of scripture from the Bible. I ask my kids what it means. And then I ask them how we can be praying for one another. That's what we do every night. And you know who else can do that? Everyone else in here. It's one small way that you can say, you know what? I want God to be first in my parenting. You know what? I I want God to be first in your work. I want God to be first in your work. Even if that means that all of your colleagues and even your competitors are cutting corners to get ahead, that you decide you're not gonna do that. Because in your work, God comes first. And you showing the love of Jesus matters more than anything else. And I want you to put God first in your finances. And that means tithing. Now, some of you right now are going, man, this is frustrating because I can see it in your mind. Some of you are doing mental math. You are, right? Right now you're going, "Mm, all right, how much do I need to put towards tithe? What would that mean that I have to cut in other areas of my life? And and, and you're starting to get frustrated because you're going, in order for me to give God a whole 10% of what, like in order for me to give that back to God, 10% of what he's given to me, like I have got to make sweeping changes. Like that would mean that I, I can't go to the places that I want to go. I can't do the things I want to do. I can't eat the foods I want to eat. I can't eat out at the places I want to eat out at. It means that I've got to change everything about my finances so that they revolve around God. And as your pastor, I would say, bingo. Because your finances aren't unlike any other aspect of your life. I want you to put God first in every area of your life. And I know that's not easy. I hear you, it's not. Which is why I thought it was amusing when I recently heard um, uh, 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 kind of a mentor of mine, uh, somebody who I've admired from afar from a long time, tell a story. He told the story of how when he was 14 years old, he surrendered his life to the Lord. And and quickly after that, his church asked him to be an usher. So he was one of the people as as a teenager taking up the offering. So he would pass the basket up and down the rows. He and another one of his kind of friends from the youth group. And he goes, it was interesting because at the end of the offering every Sunday, I would, I would kind of give the baskets to one of the adults and I would go and sit down. But I realized my friend from youth, he would disappear for about five minutes and then he would come back with this really goofy smile on his face. And so after a few weeks of observing this, he finally asked him the question, like, where are you going after the offering? And his friend told him, yeah, I walk across the street to the convenience store to get an ice cream. And he goes, how are you paying for all of this ice cream? He goes, oh, that's easy. I just grab money out of the offering and I go across the street. (laughs) And you know what the guy said? He goes, that sounded brilliant. So the next Sunday, next Sunday, he did his ushering thing. And right before the end, before he gave it to the grownups, he took some money out. He went with his friend from youth group, walked across the street, got his ice cream, crammed the ice cream down his throat, got a brain freeze, walked back into worship with ice cream still on his face with money that he had stolen from God. 
I do not intend for this to sound harsh. And I certainly don't intend for this to, to bring up any feelings of guilt or shame in you because here's what I know. If you are in Christ, you are free from guilt and shame because when Jesus died on a cross, he died not only for your sin, but for the consequences of sin, which includes guilt and shame. But listen to me. If you're not tithing, if you're not tithing, the Bible says that you are robbing God. Just like that 14-year-old was stealing from the offering, it's, you're robbing God. And now you might be going, all right, pastor, where on earth are you coming up with that? Listen to what Malachi chapter three, verses eight and nine says. Check this out. It says, will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and in your contributions, you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Here's what God's trying to say. If you are not faithful with the tithe, then you are stealing from God. You're stealing from God. Now, for those of you who are starting to feel that guilt and shame, listen, listen. Do you know who told that story of him being a 14-year-old and stealing money from the basket? It's a pastor of one of the largest churches in America. His name is Craig Rochelle. And he's also the leader of one of the most innovative churches in the world. In fact, if you are reading along with me this morning on the YouVersion Bible, that was developed and then given away by Craig and his team at Life Church. So listen, if you're going, man, I've stolen from God, you know what? I have too. You heard my story about tipping when I first started going to church, okay? So I'm not trying to put anybody down or make anybody feel bad. But what I do want you to recognize is that God has an expectation for you to tithe. And the why behind the what on that, the reason he has an expectation for you to tithe, it's because it's holy to him. And he's got plans for that money. That money is part of his plan for bringing heaven to earth. Now, some of you are going, uh, I don't like this message anymore. Okay, listen, just listen. One of the other reasons I really like what tithe does for us is not only does it teach us to put God first, but it also builds our faith. Because there's only one place anywhere in the Bible where we're encouraged to test God. Only one place anywhere in the Bible where we're told we can test God. And it just so happens to be the very next verse from what we just read in Malachi. It's Malachi chapter three, verse 10. Listen to what God says here. He's just told us if you, if you don't tithe, you're robbing him. And then he goes on to say, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. And the storehouse was considered the church that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. So there is no more need. Listen, I think this is what God's trying to say. If you rob me financially, you're robbing yourself spiritually. He's saying, I've got so much that I want to pour into your life but I want you to first show me that I can trust you with it. So when we show God that we are faithful, what he has entrusted to us and we return some of it back to him, man, it's as if he goes, yeah, now I can open the windows of heaven and pour blessing upon blessing into your life. Listen, when you begin to test God with the whole tithe, you begin to see God really show up in your life. I know a lot of you read this and you automatically go, okay, so God's gonna show up in my finances, right? Well, maybe, but maybe he wants to show up in the parts of your life that are far more important than your finances. I know you wouldn't 
you wouldn't believe this based on America today, but how many of y'all know that there are actually things in your life far more important than your finances? Because you know what I've heard story after story of? I've heard stories of couples who didn't think they could tithe, who went out on a limb and started tithing, and you know what they experienced? Far greater relational intimacy together than they have had in years. I've heard stories of, of parents who, who didn't think they could make it work to tithe, and they went out on a limb and they tested God, and you know what God did? God moved not in their life, but in the life of their child that they had been praying for and praying for and praying for. God showed up and moved. I've heard stories of people who decided to start tithing, and you know what God did? God finally gave them the vision for their job that they've been waiting for. They had been stuck in their job, just waiting to see what God had next for them. They didn't know what, what it looked like. They knew this couldn't be it, that God had to have more for them, and he did. And as soon as they started being faithful with their money by returning to God that 10%, God said, here's what I actually created you to do. And sometimes God does decide, hey, if you'll trust me with your money, I'll trust you with more of it. That's exactly what he's done in the life of a guy in our church. And I'm gonna let you hear his story from him. Check out this video. My name is Rafael Martinez and I worship at the Flower Branch campus and actually serve on the tech team at the Flower Branch campus. I've been a part of the Vine for probably two and a half years now, maybe three years all my finances. So before I was at Divine, my finances were um, in shambles, I guess would be the only way I can explain it. I always made at least decent money, but I never knew how to control it or what to do with it. I was just kind of running wild with, uh, with it, and that was a big problem, of course. I was at a service, I'll never forget it. Um, Pastor Andrew mentioned uh, that you shouldn't be tipping at church. Tithing and tipping are two different things. And that hit me really hard, like that, like I used to think, you know, just putting 10 bucks in the thing was like a lot, 20, it's like, whoa, what are you doing, right? And, uh, and I kept remembering that, that Andrew mentioned, Pastor Andrew mentioned that if, it, if you don't see any changes in your life, that we'll give you your money back. And I'm like, what kind of church says they'll give you your money back? And I thought it was really funny, actually. And I realized that, you know, everything God, God gives me is really, he's just letting me use something that's his. And once I realized that and started giving back, it's amazing how things change for me. Like, I can't, there's no way I can describe it. It's, it's just incredible, like everything just grew from there. So I remember I was in Miami for work and my boss called me and to give me some great news, he wanted to tell me that I had gotten a raise and it was a, a very significant raise. Like I almost fell down on the floor when he told me the amount. It was awesome, right? And all I can think of was like, this is ridiculous. There's no way this is possible. And I couldn't wait to get back to church because I knew this was God rewarding me for the things that I, that I was doing. And it's crazy because I, I didn't think I could afford to tithe at the time. And then I started doing it and all these great things started happening financially for me. So I remember running back like I, that Sunday, I got back to church, I ran in. I'm like, Pastor Andrew, you're not gonna believe what happened. And I told him that and I just had this giant smile. I still, like every time I think about it, I smile because it's just crazy how things come back to you when you do that. And ever since then, I mean, it's been, like one after the other after the other, so it hasn't even stopped yet, and I, I, I get worried about it sometimes, but it's great that, you know, it's just take care of God's money and He'll take care of you. Take care of God's money, and God will take care of you. 
Now, as that video was going on, I had the privilege of kind of looking out on a lot of you, and you were nodding along because you've got similar stories of when you decided to start tithing. And you already know what Raphael has discovered for himself, that that 90% with the Lord's blessing is actually better than 100% without it. That's why this morning, we want to extend another tithe challenge. We haven't done this in a few years. The last one that we did was one that Raphael did jump on, and it has changed his life permanently. And so we want to extend another tithe challenge to you this morning. Here's the way a tithe challenge works. We're going to invite you to decide for yourself that you are going to tithe for the next three months. So for March, March, April, and May, you're going to tithe. It means bringing the full 10% back to God, right? And if you want to take that challenge, then you can check this box that says, I commit to test God by bringing the whole tithe. You have one of these cards placed on your seat right there in front of you. And I want you to hear this. We will give you a money back guarantee. Like we believe this so much that if you test God in this, God will open up the window of heaven and he will pour blessing upon blessing into your life. And if he doesn't, if at the end of this time you you go, man, I haven't seen God move. God wasn't faithful to his word in Malachi 3.10, then we will return every dollar that you have given to us in these next three months. Now, for those of you who are sitting there going, I knew it. I knew it. This whole series was really just about the church trying to get more of my money. Listen, we are not issuing a tithe challenge because the church needs your money. We're issuing a tithe challenge because you need to give it. And if you're here this morning and you're going, and you're going, I don't know if I buy that. Okay, listen, I will gladly give you the name and number of other local pastors in our community where they will be glad to receive your tithe money for you. And I'm convinced that when you start tithing, even if if it's to another place, that they they will be blessed and you will be blessed. You will. Listen, listen. I don't think those other churches will give you a money back guarantee, but you will still reap the rewards and the benefits of being obedient to God because you will see God show up in your life. You will. And you've probably noticed on those cards there in front of you that there's other places where you can mark, mark some boxes. And those are related to spending less and saving more, getting on a budget and having an emergency fund in place. And I know that those things all can feel like they're a little overwhelming. And for some of you, you might feel like God's calling you to check all three boxes this morning. And if that's the case, I would encourage you to do so. And you might feel like you don't know where to begin. And if that's the case, I want to again put the name of our church treasurer on the screen. His name is Pat Jarvis. And you can actually set up an email or set up a conversation to meet with Pat Jarvis one-on-one. He is a financial counselor. He will meet with you 100% for free. He's not going to try to sell you anything. He is just there to help you get your budget set up and to help you begin the journey of saving more so that you can tithe. That's it. That, that, that's what he's there for. And it's not because, it's not because he wants to see like any, any specific metrics it's really just so that he can walk alongside you and he can, experience, he can experience God's work in your life. And you can meet with him anytime for free. Just email him, pat at connecttothevine.org. This morning, church, I just wanna encourage you with the reality that we're doing this series not because we want something from you. We don't. We want something for you, which is why if you're here this morning, and you go, you know what, I've checked all those boxes already. I've already, I've already got my budget set up. I got that down. I've already got an emergency fund. I'm good there. And I'm already tithing. Listen, 
Just as a reminder, the tithe is the baseline of generosity. It's the starting point. Because ultimately, the reason we're trying to be generous is because we're following Jesus. And you know what I've learned? You can't be more generous than Jesus. Because when it comes to giving, Jesus gave it all. He paid his own life for us. And so maybe this morning in this tithe challenge season, the Lord is encouraging you or challenging you to go above and beyond the tithe. If that's the case, then I would encourage you to be obedient to that. And you can actually mark that on your card as well. But this morning, church, you're gonna have the opportunity during our closing song to to stand and worship the God for whom uh, he's gonna do abundantly more than anything you could ever ask or imagine. That's who we're gonna stand and sing to. And if you feel like the Lord's stirring in you the opportunity to participate in this tithe challenge, you're invited during this closing song to come on down and to lay your card right up on the front of the stage. There's already a bunch of cards up here. You can add your card to the mix and just spend a moment praying over it. Like we're gonna turn the front of the stage into an altar. And if you feel led to come and kneel and pray over your card, you can do so. And you can just encourage God or ask God or or just remind God of his promise that he makes to us in Malachi chapter three, verse 10. That if we will bring him the whole tithe, that he will open up the windows of heaven so that we make sure that every need is met. Church, you have the opportunity to participate in this tithe challenge beginning March 1st. And I want you to hear this. When you take care of God's money, God takes care of you. There was a moment when the lights went out Death had claimed its victory The king of love had given up his life The darkest day in history There on a cross they made for sinners For every curse his blood atoned Final breath and it was finished But not the end we could have known For the earth began to shake And the veil was torn What sacrifice was made As the heavens rose
Oh 